When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, we're starting out with Clark Stinks. Also, are you waiting on your tax refund? Man, you're not going to believe how not alone you are. So, once a week, we have a segment on our podcast called Clark Stinks. It's where you go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and you post where you feel I did a bad job, bad advice, bad information, or you think I'm just plain wrong. Producer Krista goes through the posts at clark.com slash clarkstinks and then shares highlights with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You almost think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, and just to follow up on a prior Clark Stinks um, about your microphone, I know I've gotten a lot of those. Um, We changed some settings in your microphone, but you can't see this. Clark is currently sitting in a... (laughs) A chair that is super low. He looks like he's in a kindergarten chair that doesn't move. All right. So here's the deal. I have always stood when I, uh, you know, I used to do a radio show, now the podcast, and I always stood and wandered around the mic. And I was on a mic that was that was not so directional, and it picked up the sound uh, pretty much equally, unless I turned way away from it. The mics we're using right now are ultra directional, meaning I move, uh, I mean, a fraction of an inch away and audio quality declines. So now we have me, uh, I think next you're going to put me in like a neck brace that I can't move my head at all. I'm sitting in a chair with no wheels (laughs) and I'm a prisoner to this mic. So I think the settings worked. So we'll see. We we will see, but I just want all of you to know, because many, many people have posted about the audio quality problems with me wandering away from my mic. And so hopefully that will improve with the settings change and with Krista putting me in the elementary school (laughs) chair here. And uh, it's the first time that you felt really tall, right? Oh, ouch. (laughs) Ouch. Oh, no. Now I'm going to read some Clark Stinks. Yeah, that would be appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Clark doesn't stink, but he sure has trouble taking a hint. Several people have asked or commented about monochrome laser printers, but I've yet to hear any recommendations on products, as was given recently about inkjet printers. My current inkjet is past its useful life, and all I ever print is black, so hearing about these on the show sounds like a much better fit for me. However, I have no clue as to which model to buy. Chris. Well, Consumer Reports loves uh, several of the brother printers, they're their favorite for black ink laser printers. 
and they are relatively cheap. The beauty of the black laser ink printers, you know, non-color, is they're relatively inexpensive to print on, and they just work. They make beautiful copies, and they particularly like a brother that's $230 that has an ultra, ultra long model. Um, what do I do? There's no way, Chris, I can give that entire model because no one would be able to gather that. We'll put it in the episode notes. Thank you. Uh, but 230 seems to be the street price. And that would be one in particular for someone running decent volume. There's another brother that gets the same score that is a Best Buy, only $130. And we will list both of those. Hi, Clark Von Stinkle. You recently <laughs> said... <laughs> That's awesome. That's new, isn't it? It is. You Never recently, heard that one. And we had a few about this topic. You recently said that a separate bank should be used for Venmo use, not just a separate account at your current bank. I called my credit union, and as long as I associate my Venmo account with a separate savings account, the only money vulnerable to a Venmo hack is the money in that account. They assured me that savings accounts in particular do not have overdraft protection, which to me seems like what could be the issue if Venmo tries to draw more than is in the account. I still love your show, though, Bill. Bill, that is fantastic that your credit union does not have a cross-default clause in their accounts. It is standard operating procedure when you do business with a bank that if there's a demand for money from any account that no longer has any, that the bank reserves the right in their terms of service with you to go seize it from virtually any other account you have within their four walls. If your credit union doesn't do that, that gives yet another advantage to doing business with a credit union instead of a bank. And if you use Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, and you're doing business with a bank, you want in writing from them that if you do exactly what Bill said, that they're not going to grab money from another account if you get hit by a fraudster with any of the payment apps. I just listened to your podcast about laminating COVID-19 vaccination cards. However, this might not be a good idea since laminated documents are not valid for many government processes. I learned this the hard way by laminating my social security number and then had to reapply for another one. What I would recommend is a high-resolution re scan, copy, or photo and put the card in a Ziploc bag. This way, we can have it for a longer time and can have the original document if needed for any process. Regards, Duvall. P.S. You don't stink. Can we rename this section Correct Clark? So if you don't like Clark Stinks as a name, let me tell you, the other options available were much less friendly to me. I'm, I'm happy with Clark Stinks as a name. And thank you for the suggestion. It is a great suggestion to make a copy and put it in a sandwich bag, a Ziploc bag, something like that. I really like that. I cringed when I heard you say that for chronic health conditions, a traditional health plan is better than a high deductible one. Maybe if you have a low cost chronic condition, but otherwise wrong. The math does not lie. You have only considered the deductible and not the higher cost of premiums and annual out-of-pocket max. I speak from personal experience having multiple sh shoulder surgeries in recent years. The math blew my mind. Traditional health plans were nearly two to $3,000 more per year for the same in-network procedures. I was grateful for my HDHP plan. 
Bonus, I was able to pay my deductible with pre-tax money from my HSA account. I hope this helps someone out there. Jen in Michigan. Jen, that is great advice. And I'd say that I definitely get an incomplete on my prior answer on this. You are right. If you have an expensive chronic condition, then an HSA will prove to be a better choice than being in a traditional health plan almost always. And I feel really bad for you that you've had all those soldier surgery problems. That is no fun at all. The man from Roth has gone afoul. I almost wrecked my semi when I heard Clark suggest investors make trades inside their Roth accounts to avoid capital gains taxes at the end of the year. This could allow someone to lose their entire retirement by making bad stock choices. At least by investing in his three children, they only lose what, what they put in, even though they will be taxed heavily each year. Bill. Bill, okay. <laughs> Thank you for this because I think that if someone only heard a snippet and heard me talking about that and the problems with Robin Hood and all that, that you'd miss the bigger picture of the financial advice that I give. You know, this is not a financial advice show, but I do answer people's questions about Roths, 401ks, all that. So I am a big believer in not owning individual stocks in the first place. I'm a big believer in being a longtime holder of investments. I do only funds mostly ETFs and index funds, and wide diversification, extremely long holding periods. I am not a buyer and seller in any rapid cycle of individual stocks. I don't believe in it. Having said that, there are a lot of people who are really into that, and I was talking about it from the tax angle, that if you're going to do high-frequency trading, you eliminate the tax time bombs doing so inside a Roth IRA versus doing so in a traditional investment account. Greetings, Team Clark. I work in the payroll unit of a large New York City-based nonprofit organization, and I believe the info Clark relayed regarding the payment of state and city taxes for non-residents was not fully accurate. We've been advised that if one chooses to work remotely in another state, the individual does continue to be obligated to pay New York State income taxes because the employer, and hence the job, remains in New York. The New York State income tax obligation continues, even if the person is required to pay income tax in the state in which he or she is residing. So yes, choosing to work remotely may generate a double tax liability. Note that one is not liable to continue paying New York City taxes if permanently moving out of the city. Abe. Abe, thank you so much for your post. The deal here is, key wording you said, is that if one chooses to work remotely in another state, that's when you may get uh, whacked by big-time taxes from a high-tax state like New York. So if you are working domiciled in another state, that's where you are employed by the company, and it is not something where you are choosing because the employer is allowing it typically pandemically related for you to work remotely instead of in an office, then that may be the case. But in a situation where you are hired as a resident of another state, in our case with Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com, we have people who work for us around the country and we hired them where they live to work from where they live not as a remote worker, but they're just based in that other state. And so 
the circumstances of each individual situation would make a difference. If someone is given a privilege to not have to come into the office, but they're considered to be an employee of record in the case you're talking about in New York State, then yes, the tax could be really hideous. Clark seems to be snippy about people who pay for things they can get for free, as if all of us have more time than money. He should be teaching people how to calculate this out. Hulu ad-free is $11.99 a month, for instance, and let's just say minimum wage is $11. If you think your time is worth minimum wage, figure out if you see more than an hour and change of commercials in a month. If so, it's probably worth it. Sean. So my daughter Steffi is posting as Sean. (laughs) My daughter is uh, very much in cahoots with you, Sean, and thinks that uh, Hulu, the higher price Hulu that's ad-free, is absolutely worth it because of the value of time. So I've always said my time is worth nothing. I'd rather save the money. Uh, So each of us make our own calculations as to the value of that time. A lot of people, when commercials are running, are looking at their phone anyway, looking at text messages, social media, responding to emails. So I don't know that the time becomes completely non-productive. Clark, you're always raving about how low the rates are at credit unions for car loans, but if you refinance through AAA, you get a better rate than just being a member at a credit union. So they're saying that AAA in many jurisdictions does auto loans. You know, AAAs are uh, clustered by geography, and not all AAAs are the same. And so there are a number of AAAs that do auto loans, and the poster is saying that I should mention that AAA does auto loans potentially at a lower price than a credit union. And Marianne also said just P.S. the rates for mortgages are just as competitive. At AAA? That's what Marianne said. Not familiar with AAAs that do mortgage loans, but with mortgage loans, I've always been a big fan of you shopping multiple sources, especially for a refi where you're going to find that The more you shop that mortgage loan, the more leverage you have to get your best deal. And coming up next, everyone's favorite nightmare, the IRS. Oh, man. The IRS, I would say, is the least popular of all federal agencies. And people who work for the IRS that I've met over the years have been very fine people, but they've got a terrible job. They're the ones that tell us we got to pay money, right? So a lot of people over the course of a year have extra money withheld from their paycheck to deal with their obligations to the IRS as a method of forced savings. They know they're not good savers. And by having extra money withheld from each paycheck, they're creating what for them is going to be like a bonus check when they file their tax return and then they get their refund. And the refund allows them to do something they want to do in their lives, fun, or to deal with debts they may have. Well, this year, what's totally unfun is people by the tens of millions are waiting for those refunds, perhaps as many as 30 million people. Because for so many different reasons, you can't count, tax forms that people have submitted for their 2020 taxes are having to be manually processed 
instead of fully electronically. And so the IRS, extremely short of personnel and discombobulated by the pandemic, they're just not in a position to do quick processing. Plus, Congress made changes at the very last minute plus to the way taxes were going to work for 20, and that messed things up at the IRS. So your refund that you are anticipating to do something in your life, you may wait and wait and wait. So I have an alternative for you, and that is I'd like you to no longer use the IRS as your emergency savings vehicle or your, not emergency, what do we call it? Your, your way of forcing savings into your life. Instead, at your employer, reduce your withholding so that you won't anticipate next year having a big refund of your 21 taxes. Instead, whatever amount you will reduce your withholding at your employer, set up at the same time an automatic deposit into a savings account with an online bank or a credit union, never with a traditional bricks-and-mortar bank. You set up that savings, and you will have the effect of getting the same money into your hands as you do now waiting for the IRS, but you won't be waiting for the IRS anymore. The IRS is a broken agency, and it's been starved of funding for years, and it's how rich people have ended up being able to engage in so much tax evasion and getting away with it. And that is not okay. And people not being able to get their tax refunds, that's not okay either. All right, let's get to some questions, Joe. And Georgia says, how long should you keep your tax returns? I have my actual returns going back to the 1970s. My documentation for my returns, I only keep for six years. The IRS has an unlimited period of time to eat up your life when they say you failed to file. And that's why I keep just the key pages of the return itself, but not supporting documents from older years. Starting sometime early in this century, my accountant started uh, issuing a, um, a disc with the return. And in those cases, that's what I keep is the disc, no longer the paper copy for the last uh, more than 15 years. But I have that so that if later the IRS says, you didn't file in whatever year, I can say, here's my return itself. Um, The documentation supporting your return, that really is an issue for the six prior tax years. And that's why every year when I've got my supporting document for the next year, I throw away the documents from what would then be seven years ago. Nolan, Oklahoma says, a few years ago on Clark's advice, I started a Roth IRA with Fidelity. I contribute the max. Last year, I downloaded Robinhood. My Roth is a boring and boring index funds. And on Robinhood, I'm kind of having fun playing around. So almost a year later, I'm wondering what are the tax implications for trading on Robinhood? Can it be hacked? I read somewhere that I can do the speculative Robinhood thing inside my Roth IRA and that it's better in the long run and more secure. 
Lots of people are getting into individual stocks. I know Clark isn't into that type of investing, but was thinking since so many people are getting into it, maybe he should give more advice on the subject instead of just saying he doesn't like it. All right, so Noel, that's really funny since we just had a Clark Stinks from someone about me recommending that if people are going to speculate in individual stocks, they do it inside their Roth IRA to eliminate the tax problems that you have doing so in an investment account. Uh, Simple answer, Noel, is that if you trade in a traditional investment account and you hold a stock less than 12 months, you're subject to punitive taxes on the sale of a stock you made money in. So a lot of people on Robinhood have discovered a tax time bomb that they did a lot of trading in 20 and then comes time to do your return this year for 20 and it turns out you have potentially a massive tax bill for all the trading you did. So know that the tax code is set up to reward you for being a patient, I wouldn't call a year long term, but compared to what people have been doing on Robinhood, that is long term, holding things a year or longer. And know that you do face potential tax consequences of doing that in a traditional investment account. Now, the Clark Stinks post we had was saying that if you do the trading of frequently of stocks inside a Roth, you're putting your retirement assets at risk, and that that's bad for me to say that too. Um, suffice it to say, you said it right, Noel, I don't like a lot of trading in individual stocks at all. Paula in New York wants to know if there's a type of savings account that can be used within a Roth IRA or even outside of the IRA that won't get taxed. My Vanguard Roth IRA has a cash reserve money market account that can be used for holding funds until they're used to make a purchase, but it pays very little. I also have an emergency fund with Ally Bank, which has a higher interest rate, but the interest must be declared on my taxes. So I'm essentially getting taxed twice on it, once on my paycheck and then again at tax time. The idea of double taxes is really annoying. So, Paula, this gets a little complicated. So, with money that you have idle, if you're in a significant tax bracket, it should be you already have an account at Vanguard. It should be held in a Vanguard municipal money account, either a municipal money fund, a short-term, limited-term, intermediate-term, long-term, or a mix of those. And then you eliminate almost all taxation on your savings if it's in a municipal fund. This is most appropriate for people who are in uh, moderate to high tax brackets. Otherwise, you can, inside an IRA, put money in the money market account or one of the equivalents that would be similar to that, and the money you earn won't be taxed, but it also will miss the ideal purpose of a Roth which is long-term growth of your funds. So, uh, you know, on the ordinary income tax bill you're getting for having money in Ally Bank, nobody ever likes to pay tax. But unless you're in one of the significant tax brackets with income in the couple of hundred thousands a year or more, I would say just pay your tax on the Ally if the purpose of that account is to be savings available for a rainy day. And then Sean says, I recently found out about some substantial tax incentives in my state for installing solar. 
Some companies are advertising zero down with the system paying for itself. Is this possible or is this just a way for them to get a salesman into my house to try to convince me to buy something? <laughs> Sean, <laughs> that is a sales pitch where they say, this is so great, you'll be paying yourself to have solar. It'll be the greatest. So, yes, I do think that where they say you pay nothing down and you're going to just make money falling out of the sky thanks to the sun and your state with tax incentives. Be very wary and skeptical of that because the tax incentives will improve the payoff from installing solar, but it won't make it less than free. Um, Having somebody come to your house is a closer technique. They don't necessarily need to come to your house at all. A number of solar companies now can come up with an estimate that can be right on the money using satellite imagery to figure out a solar install and what it would cost. The purpose of getting inside the four walls of your house is to pressure you to sign for that solar system right then and there. And I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question today. We get so many. It's impossible to answer them all because we get thousands of questions every week. Some of your questions may be answered by going to Clark.com. You can also reach out to our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. You can see info on getting one-on-one free advice at Clark.com slash CAC.